Good morning, everybody. Uh, as Pastor Kevin said, that uh, a testimony is sharing God's story in our life. Uh, and we come together. It won't be about us, but it will be about the beautiful and amazing things that God did through our lives. And we recognize this is a, a holy ground. So I would ask to for you to pray us before we start and I will just pray a small prayer and then we'll go from there. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, for how amazing you are and for how incredible and I cannot describe how much we love you and thank you for everything that you did through our life and uh, help us today that this will be all about you and you will be more and we will be less. And uh, to communicate, to encourage, and to tell the wonderful things that you did in the lives of me and Jessica. Amen. Good morning. <laughs> it's going to be hard not to sing. <laughs> uh, I'm Jessica Botros. I'm Sammy's wife. Uh, we were asked to give our testimonies this morning, and we, we, are, we are honored and blessed. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> I just really did not want to. But um, it wasn't easy, but I can do it. I don't have a specific time in my life where God touched my life or transformed me. Like a lot of testimonies start out. So I think that's probably why it was hard for me. Because I don't have this like pinpoint moment in my life. I grew up in a loving Christian household and was surrounded by amazing church family my whole life. I knew it was right. I knew it was wrong. But that doesn't mean I lived right <laughs> at all. I knew what it was to be a part of God's family. I knew what it was like to serve the church. I gave everything to the church. Uh, even so to the point where in Sunday school, I definitely raised my hand every Sunday when a teacher asked who wants to be saved. I wanted to make sure I made it, for sure. Um, through all of this, I think a lot of my faith was in fear. I was afraid. So I would try and do so good and bless my mother. She would always tell me God tells her everything. So if, if anything happens. So I think I was in third grade or fourth grade. I packed my bags. I didn't like the rules. I thought they were dumb. No, none of my friends had crazy strict rules like my parents. So we had this discussion in elementary school. We're going to run away. We're going to pack our stuff. We're going to go God knows where. And then I got really serious with my friends. And I said, you know what? There's no point. God's going to tell my mom where I go. Like, <laughs> so I don't think this is going to work out for me. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah. I don't even know if my parents knew. I actually physically packed a bag with probably stuffed animals and who knows. <sighs> it wasn't until much later in life, actually, very recently, that I learned about God's faithfulness and love for his children, like a true love, not based out of fear, but out of experience, and God taking, out of, taking me out of a very, very dark place, especially in my 20s. I don't remember much of my 20s, but I do remember that no matter what I was going through, God never left my side, ever, ever, ever. And I believe through prayer of my mother, <laughs> for sure, and my father, I was able to get out of it safely and alive. 
Um, as Simi and I sat down and we tried to figure out how to write our testimonies, it was fun, poor guy. <laughs> I tried so many times, I'm gonna text Kevin and I'm done, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but I didn't. We realized that we walked very, very similar paths actually growing up. We both experienced God's grace, mercy, compassion, faithfulness, and understanding and knowing that even though we both had completely walked away from God at one point in our lives, he never, ever left us. And that's what we really, really want to convey this morning to you, that you might have children that walked away, you might have friends that walked away, but please don't stop praying for them. Please know God will never, ever leave, leave them, ever. And we are a testament for that, let me tell you. Second Timothy 3.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. For this all, the glory and praise completely belongs to God. Uh, I was driven by the same fear uh, to seek God. I was, uh, I, I grew up in Egypt, and uh, I grew up in a very strict church, in a very uh, Christian family that loved rules. And <coughs> aside of that, I grew up near the mosques. And they do one thing in the Islamic culture, they scare you. It's like God created hell for you. Like you need to do good just to, to be a good person. Like to, like to get rewards, you need to, go to do good. Islam is very, very simple that way. <laughs> like that's the only thing. It's like if you do good, you will have, like you will have good things happens to you. And even the church said same stuff. And I was trying to live good. I was I was af so afraid to go to like to hell. And there was like one day in the megaphone and the mosque was like, God created hell for people to suffer and stuff. And my mom was like, you know, that's not true. I was like, what? It's like, yeah, God never created hell for us. God, the eternal fire is created for the devil and like for like it's not made for us. You know, God loves us. It's not it's not just like following the rules but I also was seeking God for different things for different reason we grew up I grew up very very poor like poverty beyond I don't think beyond any of you like expectations and I really hated that and my uncles and my family extremely extremely rich my dad and my grandfather was extremely rich at some point, and then they decided to leave those ways of living of the world and become Christian, and then we became poor. <laughs> and I was like, well, <laughs> it's not a good deal. <laughs> I was like, it is, it's not a good, so like I felt living Christian was the cause of us being really poor, because I would visit my uncle in, oh my God, they have lots of money, they have farms, they have horses, and we could have lived that life if just my parents didn't decide to follow God and leave this kind of living. So as young kid, I, uh, I asked my mom one day, like, can we buy a bike? I really want a bicycle. And she said, well, you pray for it, and then God will provide. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and the bike never came. So I went to my mom, I was like, what happened? <laughs> like the, the bike never came. And she was like, well, your father is not working now, so you pray that God provide a job for your dad and then he will buy you the bike. 
but all what I heard from this story is somebody needs to be working. I was eight years old, and that week I had my first job. I was like, I'm going to buy the bike myself. And I worked in a small carpenter shop, like help sending stuff, getting water, fetching water, stuff like that, cleaning. And after one week, I got 10 Egyptian pounds, and the bike was 80 pounds. So that's like eight weeks of work, and I will get my bike. I went to my mom, and she was like, you know what? That's your first fruits. That goes to the Lord. I was like, I was like no way. I was like, what are you guys doing to me? It's like, didn't you tell me that like God opened his hand and feed all the creation? Like, why does he need my money? <laughs> she made me put it in the offering. Next week, I got 10 pounds, and I took, I knew it. I took one pound aside, that's the 10th. That's it. I went, and then I gave her the pound, and she was like, you know what? God provided for the bike. She was saving up, and she bought me the bike that day. I didn't stop working since then. Once I went to school, and I worked after school. I went in the summertime, but I had, I made deals with God. I was so stupid. <laughs> I was so full. I was like, you know what? You give me this, and I will be a good person. You do this for me, like, like God needs me. Like, you know, <laughs> like I will feed the poor. Like, I will, I will do some charity work. Like, like, he needs me. And I was like, I was so full. But also, I knew the Bible very well. And also, I knew the Quran very well. I was, I, I, I was making deal with God, and I felt like I'm, like I'm getting there. And I lived a very... I became really rich, by the way. Like, I made a lot of money when, like, early, like, 18, 19, and 20. I met some people, worked in things that I shouldn't be working in, and I made a lot, a lot of money. I bought a building, eight floors. I bought cars, and, but I was two-faced. In the church, I was a good person, and out of the church, I was really, really bad. But God saved me through it all. Like, he had mercy on me. I shouldn't be standing here with you guys. I this is this is grace I cannot even express. And uh, I knew that he loved me. And I always read the, the verse in Romans 9 that God loved Jacob. He said, I love Jacob and I hated Isu or Esau. And most people will have a problem with why God how God hate someone. I really didn't have a problem with that. I had one problem. I was like, how come you love Jacob? He is unlovable person. He's not, he's not a good person. He cheated his dad. He lacked all kind of morals. And he thought he's smart because I thought I'm a smart person. I can do it on my own. And he's, he thought the same. He cheated his dad. He cheated his uncle. And you know what? His uncle changed his, his wages Ten times in six years. That's like every six months. He's like, you know what? We were agreed upon. It's going to be different. I'm going to pay you less. And he still made a lot of money. He became on his own. God loved him. But he was not following the Lord. But on his own, he became successful. But Jacob's story changed dramatically after he actually 